Our Hebrew scripture reading today comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Listen for the word of God. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. Her sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? <clears throat> Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Our first New Testament scripture reading today comes from the first epistle of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of God. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will, what we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either, <coughs> has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Our second New Testament scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. Listen for the word of God. People were bringing even infants to Jesus that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called for them and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. <clears throat> Whatever happened to uh, Children's Day? We grew up with it back in New England. It fell on a Sunday between Mother's Day and Father's Day. Doesn't seem to happen much here in California. I mean, should there be anything controversial about a Sunday worship service dedicated to kids? <clears throat> Not everyone, of course, once they have reached the age of 21 and above, is oriented to children, to kids. That's okay. We're all different. I've been blessed with four children myself who have consumed an awful lot of my life's energy. You parents 
know what I mean. But I also have the most profound respect and liking for some friends of mine who have never had children. I'll never forget the Roman Catholic priest, head of a big, big orphanage in Cuernavaca, Mexico. The kids, none of them biologically his, just flocked around him whenever he went out into the courtyard where they were playing. They loved him. And I also want to uh, give a bow right now, by the way, to our guest, Jason, and the work that he is doing with teenagers, right? Uh, bringing Jewish, Christian, and Muslim young people together to, to make music together. I mean, is that a creative ministry or what? I mean, are teenagers still kids? I'll never forget when my younger daughter turned 13, she said, Dad, you're no longer the boss of me. <laughs> well, be that as it may, children are a big part of God's plan, aren't they? Nothing could be obvious, more obvious. We all started out as kids. The scriptures make it so clear how important children are to God. There's that little three-month-old baby floating on the Nile in a wicker basket, a baby boy. For in those days, thankfully not so much these days, it was only men who were felt as threats to the powers that be. What more exquisite and fearsome image could there be of the helplessness of babies and small children than a three-month-old set adrift in a basket on that gigantic river. But whether this was the uh, baby's mother's plan or not, along comes Pharaoh's daughter and sees the basket, and the rest is history. Who knew that the meaning of the name Moses is I drew him out of the water. And where would any of us be, sisters and brothers, 3,200 years later, if God had not led Pharaoh's daughter, the daughter of the man who had ordered that all the newborn male Hebrew babies be thrown into the Nile and killed if she had not come along not only to spy the basket, but to fetch it to safety and to nurture and to raise the infant it contained, Moses. Is it a good thing that we don't stay kids in the biological sense, but that we grow up into grown-ups? Well, it is a great thing, yes. The difficult thing, however, as I'm sure we all know, is that you can be a grown-up in the physical sense, but not in the psychological, emotional, 
or spiritual sense, how often do you ask yourselves how grown up you really are? And what is it, anyway, to be psychologically, emotionally, spiritually grown up? How would you rate yourself in that regard? How would the person closest to you rate you? Do you sometimes find yourself reacting and saying and doing things that are maybe a little bit less than grown up? A little bit less than grown up in the sense of mature? What if real maturity doesn't depend that much on how old in earth years you are? The New Testament makes it very clear that those of us who want to be followers of Jesus are to think of ourselves really not as grown-ups in the first instance, but as children, children of God. The letter of John says, See what love God our parent has given us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. That's what we are. God's children. Do you ever think of yourself as a child of God? If you do, does that feel good to you? A child of God. Is there anything in you which rebels against that designation? Does it, does it make you feel happy to know this about yourself, that you are one of God's God's children. It took a long time in our Western Christian history for these words to sink in. I researched once the history of how childhood has been regarded in past centuries of human history. You wouldn't want to hear about it. For long stretches of human history, kids, children were treated just only as little short little adults. For long stretches of our history, there was almost no awareness that childhood is a very special, very different, very crucial beginning stage of life in which patterns and thoughts and habits are set for the, for the person's ent the entire rest of their life. Only in the last 150 years have we begun to understand how unique and crucial childhood is and what an enormous responsibility parents have in bringing children into the world and nurturing them in the uniquely loving way which is required by their being such distinct beings, different from us, children, not adults. So this new awareness of the specialness, indeed the sacredness of childhood, I believe, is, is it's really evidence of the leading of the Holy Spirit and the gradual sinking in of the teaching of Jesus over the centuries. We're good at bemoaning how bad things are in the world, and there is, but you know, there's actually a lot of evidence that we human beings are better off now than we've ever been in our entire history. And I don't mean materially, I mean how we tend to treat each other. 
One big piece of evidence for this is just this new awareness which has developed in our modern period that children are not just short adults. They are children in a stage of life which demands very different consideration than when they get to be adults. <clears throat> and a bow to all of us here and everybody we know who know this and feel this and allow this to guide the way they deal with kids, including our own Mary LaRusso and you others here at Neighborhood Church, who put yourselves out for our children. John's statement that God's love is measured by the fact that God regards us as her children, no doubt sprang from the words of our Lord himself. Famous words, well-known words, worth reflecting on, quote, let the little children come to me and do not stop them for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. I want to repeat this incredible radical statement. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Let's take a deep breath. Think about that for just a moment. What is it about being a, a little child which qualifies us for the kingdom of God? Isn't it just, as every little child knows, that, it sh that he or she is completely dependent on their parents? So Jesus wants us, wa wants us to know that we are dependent completely on God. Completely not just in this way or in that way, but in every way. One of our leading theologians has defined Christian faith itself as, quote, the feeling of absolute dependence. Absolute dependence. I mean, doesn't that create some mixed feelings in you? It does in me. Being aware of that total dependence, feeling it, not turning away from it, but having the grace to embrace it, our total dependence on God. That's what faith is. A wonderful spiritual teacher I had asked me once if I thought that I had any control over any aspect of my future on this earth. I didn't know how to answer him. He answered it for me. He said, there's just one thing that you can control, Jeff, and only one, 
And that's how you respond to the fact that you are absolutely, totally, in every way, dependent on the God who brought you into being and who brought you back when you went astray. Is it easy to live by that fundamental fact, that sense of total dependence? No! It's not easy. But it's always possible because God loves us as her very own children. Accepting and affirming our dependence on God is what makes us, makes us grown-ups makes us able to stay childlike and saves us from being childish. Karl Barth, who wrote 15,000 pages of small print, profound technical theology, was asked once if he could summarize or condense the essence of everything he had written, everything he wanted to communicate to the world in just one sentence. Well, he couldn't quite do one sentence, but he did these two short little ones after he had thought about it for a moment. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. This song has been translated into so many languages. Cristo me ama. Bien lo sé, su palabra me hace ver. Jesus liebt mich, dies weiß ich, denn die Bibel sagt es mir. And you might translate it into any second language you know. Sometimes the kids get this better than we do because we keep fooling ourselves about how grown up we are and how in control we are. We forget that we can enter God's reign only when we become again, like little children. And I just want to finish with this little anecdote from a colleague of mine in Massachusetts. She uh, decided that she wanted to take her congregation to a retreat at the beach. You folks here know something about the beach. She tried to lead worship on the beach. She had to compete with the crashing waves and the squawking seagulls and all the people passing by, but she she kept going, she kept talking. She told the ancient story of Jacob fleeing and his stone pillow that he slept on and then the, Jacob's dream of the heavenly ladder with angels ascending and descending. And my colleague ended by asking the families who were listening to her this question. What did God tell Jacob then after he had the dream? An eight-year-old boy, Brendan, who had been playing in the sand and was still looking up, out to sea when he spoke up, spoke the words of scripture, almost verbatim. Brendan said, God said, I am with you, and I will be with you wherever you go. I will bring you back home, and I will stay with you until I keep all my promises to you. My colleague's comment 
Kids, you just never know. It's to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Thanks be to God. Amen.